Pray with me. Jesus, we are grateful that you call us to repentance, that you call us to observe a holy Lent. We thank you for this day that begins the season of Lent where we remember our sins and the death that we deserve and that is ultimately coming. But the joy and the hope of the coming cross and the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ that frees us and gives us life in you. Lord Jesus, as we begin this 40 days, would we rend our hearts, not our garments? Would we focus on you? Would we seek you and find you as we seek you with our whole heart? Would we turn from our old sinful ways and turn to you so that we might be saved and restored and renewed in Jesus' name. And now, Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This week, my wife and I were watching a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Raise your hand if you've seen that movie, the movie about Mr. Rogers and Lloyd Vogel, the uh, disgruntled and hardened Esquire journalist who did not necessarily want to write a story on Mr. Rogers and was notorious for tearing people apart in his articles and in his writing. And so he had to do a 400-word expose on Mr. Rogers, but he ended up uh, writing like 10,000 words. This was the story of this journalist's life who had lost his mother. His mother had died. His father was an alcoholic and left his mother for another woman and was not there during the death of his mom. So he was enraged and angry and hardened and bitter and closed. And when he began to interview Mr. Rogers and they developed a friendship, and it's a true story, by the way, um, Mr. Rogers would look at him and love him and listen to him and ask him questions and want to spend time with him and ask him how that made him feel. And throughout the friendship and throughout the series of interviews, Lloyd's heart began to soften. His heart of stone became a heart of flesh. The story ends with, again, uh, Lloyd Vogel writing 10,000 words, but more importantly, um, him being reconciled with his dying father. His brokenness being healed, and even he became a better father to his child. Because that's what love can do. It can break and soften hearts. Maybe you have heard of the relentless love of God. There's even a worship song that's popular right now about the relentless love of God. But have you heard of the relenting 
love of God. God's love is both relentless, but it is also relenting. The gospel says we get what we do not deserve. We get grace. We get love. We get the forgiveness of God. But the gospel also says that we do not get what we do deserve. We do not get God's fury. We do not get God's righteous judgment. And we do not get God's wrath. All of which we do deserve in our sinfulness. God's love relents from judgment. God's love is a relenting love. So next time you sing that song about God's relentless love, also remember that God's love is a relenting love. For he relents from judgment. What's our response to a love like that? I was just talking to a friend of mine over dinner just, a, just last night, and we, we were thinking about this question. Why would God love us like that? Our response to that kind of love should be repentance. God's righteousness should lead us to repentance. The Apostle Paul said it this way in his letter to the church in Rome. Or do you not presume on the riches of God? For God's kindness and forbearance and patience. Don't you know that the kindness of God is meant to lead you to repentance? God's kindness leads us to repentance. There is a response that is merited because of the grace of God. Repentance is that response. We must turn away from our old ways of sin and turn towards God with gratitude. We must turn to God in repentance. The prophet Joel proclaimed, yet even now declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and leave a blessing behind him, a grain offering, a drink offering for the Lord your God. God calls us to return to him with all our heart. We are called to return to God with the entirety of our being. We are invited to observe a holy Lent by examination and repentance, by prayer and fasting and almsgiving, by reading and meditating on God's holy word. 
We are called to prayer and fasting. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, 5 and 16. And when you pray and when you fast as if he is expecting us to pray and to fast. And when we pray and when we fast, we should earnestly and honestly pray and fast with weeping and mourning and with a deep brokenness and truth over our sin and separation from God. Even in the face of God's kindness, grace and mercy, we should do this. We should repent and fast and pray, especially in the face of God's kindness, grace and mercy. However, we do not do this. We have been hiding in shame and attempting to cover over our sin and our guilt ever since the time of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. When disobedience, sin and rebellion made them aware of their nakedness and their shame. And they hid themselves. Remember, they made clothing for themselves out of fig leaves. We all cover our shame with garments to hide ourselves from God, to hide ourselves from others. We hide from one another and we even hide from the reality of who we are from our very own selves. In Eden, God, very much like Fred Rogers and Mr. Vogel, God saw Adam and Eve. God saw them hiding. God saw their brokenness. God saw their nakedness. God saw their shame. And God spoke judgment to Adam and Eve, saying, you are dust and to dust you shall return. We cannot hide our sin and our shame from God. We pray it in the collect of purity. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. God speaks these same words of judgment to each of us as he sees our nakedness, guilt, and shame. You are dust, and to dust you shall return. The religious custom of the Israelites later brought about clothing of sackcloth and ashes, a sign of mourning and repentance. Now, when we came in here, our holy team was very disturbed by the burlap sack here and here. And they said, can we remove them? And I said, no, I have just acquired them from Swings Coffee for this moment. Um, these burlap sacks 
are the closest thing you'll be able to see to what sackcloth is because it's literally sackcloth. You see where they raise their knife to the opening to get the coffee beans out, yes? Swings coffee, free, um, sackcloth. What would you do with something like this? The repentant mourner would rend their garments. They would literally tear their clothing off of themselves. And they would clothe themselves with a garment of repentance, sackcloth and ashes as a sign of suffering and death. I, uh, I brought a, sh- a shirt from home. And a little wrestling trick is you always pre-rip a little bit. At least that's, I think, what Hulk Hogan did. But they would tear their garments off of themselves. Ripping them, discarding them. And then they would put on the sackcloth and they would sit and cover themselves with ashes. But God desires a different response. God desires that we not rend our garments. God desires that we rend our hearts, you see. That our hearts be broken over our sin. This is why King David said, for you will not delight in sacrifice or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. God is not interested in our outward appearance or our outward expressions of sorrow or repentance. God is not interested in our dead religion. He's not interested in a show. God does not desire to break. God desires to break open our hearts before him to look at the truth and to show him the truth. So that we may return to God and so that God may return to us and relent from the disastrous judgment that he would bring upon us because of our sinfulness. Now, what would it look like in the areas and in the aspects of our lives where we have turned away from God, if we were to turn back to him, what would that look like? We all have places in our lives and in our hearts where we have turned away from God. Repentance is turning back towards God and living again for God. The prophet Joel prophesied, return to the Lord your God For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And he relents over disaster. Who knows whether he will not turn and relent and get this last part and leave a blessing behind him. 
Not only will God relent and turn from the disastrous consequences that we deserve, but he will leave behind him a blessing, a grain offering and a drink offering to the Lord your God. Why should we turn towards God? Because God is gracious and merciful. Because God is not quick to be angry at us. Because God is unwavering in his love for us. God is relentless in his love. And because God's love relents, God holds back the disaster from giving us the judgment and the punishment we deserve. Taking all of it upon himself in his passionate love for us. And what does God leave us instead of what we deserve? A blessing. When God relents in his love for us and from giving us what we deserve, he leaves behind a blessing, a grain offering and a drink offering. Why? For the Lord, your God, we offer these gifts back up in worship. God blesses us so that we may worship him with his blessings and so that we may have offerings to give him and to one another for we have nothing good and nothing of value apart from God all things come from you O Lord and from your own hand do we give unto you on Ash Wednesday we observe the sign of the cross upon our foreheads in ashes this sign in ash reminds us of death and judgment And the curse of sin, this sin, this sign of ash in the shape of the cross also reminds us that Jesus has borne our death. Jesus has borne our judgment. He has taken it upon himself and the curse of sin upon his own shoulders. Jesus has relentlessly loved us despite of our own condition. And he has loved us by relenting from giving us the punishment we deserve. By taking it upon himself so that we would not bear it. This Lenten season. As we tear open our hearts in true prayer and fasting and repentance. That's my prayer for you. That you would tear Your hearts, not your garment, that you would rend your hearts through prayer and fasting and repentance so that God may return to us as we return to God. May we experience the relentless love of our God. May we experience the grace of getting God's good and merciful free gift of love. May we experience the relenting love of God that does not give us what we deserve. May we experience the grace and the mercy that he has put our sin upon his shoulders. And may we experience the blessing that God showers upon us so that we can have all the joy of offering these gifts and blessings back up to him in worship. Pray with me. 
Show favor to your people, O Lord, who turn to you in weeping and fasting and prayer. For you are a merciful God, full of compassion, long-suffering, abounding in steadfast love. You spare when we deserve punishment. And in your wrath, you remember mercy. Spare your people, O Lord. Spare us in the multitude of your mercies. Look upon us and forgive us through the merits and the mediation of your blessed Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.